All right, if you will, let's go ahead and start making our way back to our seats. You festive people, you, still in the Christmas spirit. There we go. So look at this section right here. Isn't this funny? So you, you can tell we're down a little bit, but everybody just avoids the middle. Why is that? I don't know why. Somebody said they had a dream. I think it was Mike Tierney had a dream that the only section of chairs that was set up was this section right here. I don't know why there's something to that dream, but welcome to December the 26th. The Christmas celebrations have ended. Families have, for the most part, left and gone home. Everyone's gained five pounds and everyone's tireder than you were just a few days ago. And um, yet we're showing up on the 26th and we're opening up the word of God and we're going to see what the Lord has for us. So I'm going to say right up front, it is the 26th and um, I know you're tired. So today's going to be much less preachy and much less teachy. It's actually going to be shorter uh, than it normally would be. And yes, I've said that. So I've gone out on a limb to say that and it, it, it will be true. I've not always kept my word when I've said things like that. Uh, it's going to be much more devotional. So last week, um, we talked about um, Jesus is coming. So we're still in Advent. So here, here comes Jesus. And our words for this year have been pondering and waiting. How do we wait well? And how do we ponder well while we're waiting? So Jesus has come. We celebrated that yesterday. And today, we're going to take a pivot. And we're going to look at one scripture... It's the same passage that we looked at last week, but we're going to look at what happened after Jesus was born, briefly. And I'm going to take that passage, look at it, but then also use it in some end of 21, entering into 2022, kind of a devotional way. So... With that being said, I think we're all settled and we're ready to go. Let's pray again and just pray that the Lord would allow us to just kind of settle in and reflect and ponder well as we anticipate what he might have for us next year. Lord, your word says to cast all of our anxiety upon you because you really do care for us. Lord, in your word says in Psalm 51 that you desire truth in the inner parts. Lord, this relationship that we can have with the creator where we can just be honest and real and vulnerable. Lord, help our hearts to be that way with you this morning. Help us to be able to see things from this past year or maybe from our lives in the past that we've never really noticed before. Maybe patterns that are there that we just haven't paid attention to. And Lord, I do pray that you would stir us as we look at some big questions headed into 2022. And help us to remove everything else that's bouncing around in our heads and our hearts this morning, other than what is from you. And Lord, as we open up your word, may my words fall to the ground and may only your words remain. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you've been here for a year, you know we've been all over Ephesians verse by verse. And good news is, um, we're jumping into another book study. So uh, be ready. We're going to jump into 1 Peter. 
at the end of January, and we'll stay there until we finish it. So it's probably going to be another year-long study, and I really uh, look forward to that. Last week was much more devotional as we were looking at Christ's birth. I didn't even have a PowerPoint. Um, you know, it was just a, 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 we didn't have a TV. You know, there was like no, you know, sermon notes that I was going, you know, truth one, truth two, truth three. This morning's going to be like that as well, except for we do have a PowerPoint. And if you'll look in your worship guide, you're going to see that today we're going to walk through, I think there are eight or nine. I'll have to go back and look at my notes, but what I'm calling big uh, questions. So last week we saw Jesus's birth. We talked about the ponderings that come with Jesus's birth. We looked at Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Zach. Uh, Zechariah. We looked at this 400 years before Christ was, was going to come, and we tried to look at this, this bigger picture of this, this waiting. It was 400 years, and he hasn't spoken, and what do we do while we're waiting? And the first thing we said was, we look at the bigger picture, we know that God's timing is perfect. So just as a reflection that sometimes we don't like waiting, we're very anxious people, so let's look at the bigger picture and know that God's timing is perfect. Um, remember Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. When the fullness of time had come, the Lord moved. The second thing we said was, it's good that we remember to worship while we wait. If we are anxious while we wait, that's all we'll focus on. But if we'll worship while we wait, it puts the focus where it needs to be. Um, we were reminded last week, just as a refresher, that life boils down to a couple of pretty simple questions. Do you believe that there's a God? Do you believe that this God is good? And most of us are like, oh yeah, yeah, those are easy questions. And then the last one, do you fully trust this God with every area of your life? And that's where we struggle. And that's where the Lord is trying to help us to understand that he truly is trustworthy. And then lastly, we looked at the fact that he has come. He has come. There's nothing else and there's no one else that we need to be looking for in order to meet our needs, our expectations for life and our purpose for living. It all is wrapped up within the gospel itself. So now we're going to look at the same passage. Jesus has come and he has been born. And now we're going to look at these two individuals. There's Simeon and there's Anna and their response to Jesus being born. So I've asked Jana, if she will, Jana Hubbard right over here, she's going to be reading for us this morning. So turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at 22 through 38. 22 through 38. I know that there's no way that Jeremiah Foster can see that. Can you? Of course you can, because you're young. There's no way Peter Coons can see this. Can you? Wow. Okay, well, good. Um, but we're going to walk through this passage, and then we're going to go back through it slowly. So, Jana, I'm going to be calling on you like multiple times to go back and read passages. Okay? Are you ready? Okay, 22 through 38. Look at the word of God together. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice, according to what is said, is in the law of the Lord, a pair of 
turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. All right. Thank you, Zanna. I like listening to your voice reading of you should do that for a living. I could, I could hear you as a, a voice reading through the Bible or a book. Um, so here's the story. Jesus has been born, and now here's Simeon, and here's Anna, and these individuals have been waiting for this moment their whole lives. They were devout, God followers, righteous people, and their life was dedicated to praying for this moment. When you think about your life right now, this is not one of the big questions, but who do you know in your life that you would say, oh, he's a real Christian? I mean, she really, really loves the Lord. Do you have someone like that in your life? If you don't, I encourage you to go find them because these Annas and Simeons of the world are out there and they're just amazing, amazing people. And when you find them, attach to them attached to them, and walk through life with them. And may this joy and this exuberance and this struggle, um, may it just like spill over into you. I remember years ago having this coming to the Lord moment. I was already a believer, and you've heard bits and pieces of my story, but I remember in October of 2011 saying, all I know is I can't continue to live the way that I'm living right now. I have to change. And I ask the question, who do I know that is the most sincere Jesus follower in my life? Who do I know whose faith is so real that they really would die for the Lord today? I'm like, I know that guy. I don't know him well, but that's the person I need in my life. And I picked up the phone, and I called them, and we set up a time, and we started meeting every Wednesday. Um, he moved away, and then he eventually passed away. 
But that conversation just spurred me on and reminded me what life was about. That's Anna and Simeon in this passage. You need to find an Anna and a Simeon in your life. And they're just worshiping and they're rejoicing because this is what they were living for. So that's kind of the context that's here now, but intentionally, I'm going to take their story and some of the things that they have said, and I'm going to not necessarily walk through this historically of here's the word that you need to understand, and this is the definition, you know, here. It's not going to be like that, because it's usually like that. This is going to be more of, look at their story, and then look in your worship guide. There's going to be these big questions. I'm going to do my level-headed best to not teach through this passage, but just let these questions remain, because my guess is that one or two of these questions will be things that you personally will want to ponder and struggle through prayerfully. And then let's let that be our word from the Lord this morning. Okay, having said that, Jenna Hubbard, let's go back and reread verse number 22, and that'll take us to big question number one. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Okay, there you go. No, that's good. So big question number one, here it is. It's up on the screen. It's in your worship guide. Take notes if you want to along the way. Have you presented what is valuable back to the Lord? What is really valuable to you? That could be a person, that could be your job, that could be your relationships, that could be your dreams, that could be your money. If you have children, I would start there. You know, the, the, the best advice I can give that was given to me that I can give to you is just a reminder, and you've heard me say it before, we're not owners, we're stewards, and that includes our children. Our goal in life is to protect them and provide for them, shelter them, bring them joy and uh, guidance and wisdom to pour into them, ultimately to show them that there's a God in heaven who loves them and there's a Jesus who died for them, who has a purpose for their lives, and then over and over and over to give them back to the Lord to the degree that at some point you just say, Lord, they're completely yours now. I have steward, stewarded that which you have given to me. And that's the hardest thing that we will ever do. Parenting is the hardest thing that we could ever do. It's, in, it's just incredibly difficult because you feel the weight and the responsibility of helping this individual understand truth and you're going to watch them turn from that truth many, many times and it'll break your heart. You can't own that. It'll, it'll wreck you. You have to give that back to the Lord. So the big question is, over and over and over, have you taken that which is really valuable to you and just given it him or her back to the Lord? And if you're sitting here saying, I don't have kids, big question number one is not for me. Well, you've got money or you've got dreams you've got something in your life that's valuable have you given that back to the lord and that's what you see happening here with simeon you know here's here's jesus and he comes in 
Um, and well, here's Mary and, 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 um, and Joseph that are coming into the temple and they're presenting back to the Lord. And then Simeon sees that and he begins to worship. He's like, here's Jesus. But ultimately they were taking this gift that had been given to them and they're giving it back to the Lord. Big question number one, have you presented what, to, what is valuable to you back to the Lord? Okay, big question number two will come out of verse number 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Okay, we're going to stay in this passage uh, for three times, Jana. So the first big question that's going to come out of the, this passage is this. Would other people consider you a righteous and devout Jesus follower? Remember, we're in a season of pondering, we're waiting, we're contemplating, we're prayerfully considering things as we are finishing up this Advent season. So look at your life, look at your patterns, look at your, your influence, look at your daily decisions, look where you spend your time, look where you spend your money, Look where your struggle is. Would people be able to watch you on a daily basis and say this person is a righteous and devout Jesus follower? And of course, the bigger question is going to be, and if not, what adjustments can we make? Not for their benefit. It's not to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and to wear our robes and to pray a little louder and a little bit more often so, so that people will be like, oh yeah, he's got to be a Christian because he prays all the time and he's always carrying his Bible around. That's not what we're talking about. Do we love well? Do we worship often? Are we praying throughout the day and we, are we in communication with the Lord Jesus Christ and if you're around someone, the individuals we talked about earlier, the Anna and maybe the Simeon in your life, you'll know that and you'll see that in their life. You know, and I'm ending 2021, you know, COVID is a real, you know, thing, but it's not just COVID, it's just the brevity of life. Life is short. It's short. How are we living our lives and for whom are we living our lives? Typically, either we are on the throne of our life or the Lord Jesus is. And if Jesus is, then our righteousness and our devotion to him is not something that only we will see, others will see it in us as well. So big question number two, would others consider you and I to be righteous and devout? If people watch our lives this is the third time I've said this now in the past five weeks. And they said, oh, I had no idea that Tavis Clanch is a Christian. That would be a bad thing. They should see that we're serious about our Jesus fellowship. Okay, let's go back and read verse 25 again, Jana. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Okay, 
So here is Simeon, and he's waiting for this consolation from this comfort of the Lord's return. You know, the Lord had visited you know, Israel over and over through Moses and the prophets, um, and then he left for 400 years, and he was waiting for the Lord to comfort his people by coming back and presenting himself again, or in this case, for Messiah to come. Right? Messiah has come once. The Christ, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ has come, and he said, and I will come back again. So big question number three, the way that we live our lives, do we live in anticipation of the Lord's return? I remember having a, a conversation with a, for, a high school friend years, years ago, and I was trying to, to witness to him, and I was trying to share the Lord with him. And at the end of the conversation, I got so frustrated, and I was like, listen, man, do you not understand? Life is short. You've only got one chance to live. And he was like, oh, yeah. He said, we're on the same page now. I understand completely. And I'm trying to get as much out of it as I possibly can before my day's end. And I was like, no, we're not on the same page at all. Because what you're saying is how much experience, you know, how much can I experience? What all can I do? How many, you know, whatever relationships can I be in and out of before my day's end? And that's what he did. And that's what he continues to do, unfortunately. When we're living in anticipation of the Lord's return, it looks different than that. This is what 2 Peter 8 says. Listen to this. I didn't put it up on the screen, but you can look in your, in your Bibles if you'd like and follow with me. 2 Peter 3, 8 through 11 says, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord's not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. Jesus will return. It'll come like a thief. The heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. And then he asked this question. In verse number 11, it says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. And he's saying, Jesus is returning. It is going to happen. You know that that's going to happen. You've been taught this over and over, and you've read this over and over. What people, what kind of people, what types of people should you be if this is true? living a life of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the Lord. If we believe that Christ will return, it will change the way that we live our lives. If our lives don't reflect that, then we have fallen asleep and we have forgotten. So the big question, number three to us is, does my life reflect someone that is praying for and hastening the coming of the Lord? Does my heart cry out as the end of Revelation does when John says, even so, come Lord Jesus? Or is that something I really fear? 
it may be a big question for some of us this morning. Okay, Jana, let's continue. Read 25 again, but this time take us all the way through verse uh, 20. Um, nope. Yeah, 27. Okay. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Okay, just stop right there for a second. Stay there. So the, our focus on this one is going to be the Holy Spirit. Okay, so just you know, pay attention to the Holy Spirit as you continue. Okay, keep on. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Okay, that now that's good. You're good. So the point is, if you look at Simeon, there was a relationship that he had with the Spirit. So big question number four is this. How would you describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How would you describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? I mean, think about this. Jesus says, it's better that I go away because if I go away, I'll be able to return back to you. So the Spirit that we're talking about here, this Holy Spirit, it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the Spirit of the living Christ. He comforts, He counsels, He consoles, He guides, He directs, He convicts. He does all of these things, but it's a real relationship. And you look at Simeon in this passage, and he's being led by the Spirit. He's full of the Spirit. The, the Spirit even evokes these words to come out of his heart to this couple and eventually back to the Lord. There was a real relationship with the Holy Spirit that was there. And I think sometimes we miss that as believers. It's the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. Galatians, I love chapter 5 in Galatians. You know, go look at it sometime. And he walks through these three different ways that the Holy Spirit um, can help us. You know, he says that we are to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the passage, Galatians 5, 16. So you walk in the Spirit. And then a few seconds later, he says, and be led by the Spirit. And then he says, and keep in step with the Spirit. You have to start by being filled with the Spirit. You know, walk in the Spirit that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But sometimes the Spirit is going to lead us down this path, and then sometimes the Spirit's going to say stop or start. So there's a keeping a step with. But all of that's relational. That's relational. So big question number four, would you do, or how would you describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Are you a person that's led by the Spirit of God? Okay, let's move on. Verses 29 through 30, Jana. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. All right. So big question number five. Jana's like, is that, well, is that all I was supposed to read? So big question number five. You look at Simeon's response. Okay, look at it. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. I've seen the Messiah. I've known the Lord. That's enough for me. I can die now. Big question number five, as you're entering into 2022 and looking back on 2021, is knowing Jesus and having him as your Savior and Lord, is that enough? Or do you find that your heart 
and your mind is always looking for something else to satisfy you. I mean, my kids are so tired of me saying this thing over and over and over. You know, your heart is so prone to wander, and if you're thinking that you have to have this thing or this relationship, if there's anything else that you're looking to satisfy you other than the gospel itself and a relationship with the creator God who made you for his glory, and so that he would know you and be able to walk with you and that he would be able to satisfy you and he would give you hope and a purpose. That's enough. It's enough to know Jesus. Everything else is secondary. So big question number five, is knowing Jesus and having him as your Savior and Lord, is that enough? Is the gospel enough? The fact that you are now redeemed and reconciled and adopted, you're in relationship with the creator of the universe, is that enough? Or do you find that your heart, and our hearts truly are idol factories, do you find that your heart is always longing for something else? It's a big question for us as we're entering this year. You know, my, my life verse, and I wish I lived it out, but it's Psalm 73, 25. And it says, who do I have in heaven but you, O Lord, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. Who do I have in heaven but you? If you're not in heaven, I don't want to be there. And earth has nothing I desire besides you. May that be the response of our hearts as we cry out to God for him and him alone to be enough. Okay, big question number six is from verses 34 through 35, Jana. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. All right. Big question number six. Simeon's looking at Mary, and he's saying a sword is going to through your own soul as well and many will fall and rise because of this Jesus that has just been born okay it's not going to be easy anyone who wants to live a holy life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted that's what the word says I didn't say that Anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will undergo persecution. Hebrews 12 even goes so far as to say that if you don't experience discipline, then you're an illegitimate child. You're not even his. Part of being conformed to the image of the Son of Jesus Christ is um, on a daily and a, a, an you know, annual basis, you know, recognizing how selfish that we are and how more like Jesus we need to be and that's a process and it's a struggle and he begins this work in us he'll carry it till the day of Christ Jesus sanctification takes place our whole lives but it's not always a bed of roses there's pain that's there and we live in a world where there is pain and there is suffering and sometimes that's the enemy 
And sometimes that's the sin that has impacted this world that has just brought death and destruction to us. The gospel is the answer to those things, but even Christians get cancer. Even children of believers die in car accidents. Things happen. Our mothers and our fathers will go through hard, hard things. Following Jesus through all of that will not always be easy. So there's that side of it, which is just life. But then there's another component to that, which is, and if you are saying, I am going to be a Jesus follower, the enemy will come at you and me with a vengeance. He will attack us. We just went through this whole study in Ephesians 6 on the armor of God, and we looked at the fact that he is a schemer, and he's going to try to take us down. There will be a sword that will pierce your soul also. Are you aware of that? Big question number six, are you prepared to suffer for the Lord and to fight the spiritual attacks, attacks that will come if you follow him? Are you ready? Are you suited up? Were you suited up in 2021? And if not, are you ready to suit up going into 2022? Okay, two more questions. Verse number 26, Jenna. Uh, 26? Mm, 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. Okay, so here's a prophetess. There's a prophetess, Anna, that is being used by God in a mighty way. So we went through um, Ephesians, and we had the position of Christ, and then we talked about the practice, and we talked about protection. But when we were in the section, in the middle section, that talked about practicing, we walked through like the role of men and the role of women and children and employees and employers and all of those things, if you'll remember right, that teaching. But there was one particular Sunday that we talked about wives in submission to their husbands and there was just this, this great dialogue that took place. It carried over into community groups and it was good. If I could rewind, if I could go back and look at that section again, I would have taken that and maybe spread that out over a couple of weeks so that we could delve into it a little bit more. So at Redstone Church, Johnson City, at Redstone Church, Elizabeth, and we're going to teach because we think it's biblical and we don't think it was cultural. We think it was a creation mandate from the Lord that only men are to be elders of the church. Okay? So that one's clear. And if you don't like that, that take that out with the, you know, the Lord because we, when we study that, when we've studied that pretty you know, thoroughly, that's where we've landed and we think it's clear. So when someone's like... I think that was cultural. We can say, yeah, but it doesn't say that. It says God created Adam first and then Eve. I think he's going out of his way to show that this is a creation mandate. The only reason I bring that up is because sometimes when people can hear that, when we hear that, it can be like in, in some ways that we're elevating man above women and only men can be used of God. And when I read this and I was thinking about, here's Anna. Think about this. Jesus has just been born, Right? You know, the, the women are the ones that show up at the tomb and, and the, these women have walked with him and they've provided for him and they've, they've loved him and they've anointed his body. And now, you know, that, that was in the future, but now here's Jesus even being born and you've got this man, Simeon, that comes and blesses him and you've got this Anna and the word of God says that she was a prophetess. 
And I'm like, wow, look at that. We don't take enough time to recognize that God has used women throughout creation. Just because God doesn't call women to be elders of the church doesn't mean that they can't be used in a mighty, mighty way. At the beginning, when I said, who do you know that's a serious Jesus follower? Many of us, probably even the majority of us, would be able to point to a godly, godly woman in your life, right? So the question, and this is not for us men, this is for the women. Big question number seven is only for the ladies. God uses women all throughout scripture. Sometimes we don't stress that enough. Do you believe that he wants to use you in very particular ways to build his kingdom? We look at Deborah. We look at Priscilla. You look at Phoebe, who's called a deacon. She's not called a deaconess. She's called a deacon of the church. It's the same Greek word that's used there as when it was talking about the, the men deacons. You know, these were people that were true servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then here is, and it's not the only time of, 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 there were female prophetess is say that um, there, there's other exa examples as well but here's Anna who's a prophetess and she's being used and her declaration of Jesus's coming has been spread throughout all Christendom all over the world for all ages because the Lord declared it to be so he wanted us to know that this woman Anna was a devout Jesus follower and she was used by the Lord and I want us to be a church where the men and the women love Jesus, complement one another in their marriages as a, and within the body of Christ, and that we recognize that the Lord will use any willing vessel. And God has a plan for each and every woman that's in this church, that follows Jesus. And I just would like for us to embrace that. But it begins with understanding. We're answering this question. You know, do you believe that he wants to do that in your life? Sorry, men, we don't have our own question, but the women do today. And then our last big question of the day is going to come from verses 37 and 38. If you'll look back in the word of God. And then as a widow until she was 84... She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. All right. Thank you, Jana. So 1 Timothy 4, 7 tells us that we are to exercise ourselves unto godliness. And I think that that's really speaking of the spiritual disciplines. And if you'll look at this passage, she's worshiping. She's fasting, she's praying, she's giving thanks, okay? There's actually one more on here that could have been our big, um, big question number nine because she also speaks of him. So our bonus would be maybe how often do you actually speak of him to other people, but I didn't include that. Um, should have, just didn't see it till I was already finished. Um, big question number eight. How would you describe these spiritual disciplines in your life. You're entering, entering into a new year. You're exiting out of 2021. You're entering into a new year. What has your worship looked like? How about fasting? When's the last time that you've gone without food for 
a season so that you could pray for a real burden that was in your life or someone that was really struggling? How about just your prayer life? What does that look like? Is it broken into compartments or is it an ongoing conversation with, with the Lord, which is what I think that he desires? And how about giving thanks? Do we find ourselves a thankful people or not? That's big question number eight. How would you describe your regular worshiping, fasting, praying, and giving thanks? I was struggling trying to figure out, Lord, what word you have for us in this passage. I mean, I love the story of Simeon, and I love the story of Anna, and we can, could have broken that down maybe with a little bit more historical context as it relates to Israel and the, com the coming of the Messiah and, and so on and so forth. But when I went back through it and I prayed through it, these were the big questions that I saw that I would like for us to consider. Look in your worship guide. You, they're laid out there for you. Number one, have you presented what is valuable back to the Lord? Number two, would others consider you to be righteous and a devout Jesus follower? Number three, do you live in anticipation of the Lord's return? Number four, would you, how would you describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Number five, is knowing Jesus and having him as your Savior and Lord enough? Or is your heart searching for something or someone else? Number six, are you prepared to suffer for the Lord? Jesus' fellowship will have suffering associated with it. Number seven, women... Do you know that God loves you and that he wants to use you to further his kingdom? And then number eight, what have your spiritual disciplines look like? Do you worship, fast, pray? Do you give thanks often? We're going to end in just one moment, actually, and then we're going to sing a little bit. But the teaching part, the reflective part, is just going to you now. When you look at these eight big questions exiting 2021 and entering into 2022, I'm not going to pass the microphone around. We're not going to, to share openly maybe what question impacted you or maybe what questions that you have beyond what was shared. But just talk to the Lord. Spend a few minutes reflecting prayerfully and pondering and is there one question or maybe more than one question that we've talked about this morning that is very specifically, maybe heavily, impacting your heart? If so, give that to the Lord this morning. Let's enter into 2022 as people that are equipped, reminded, prepared, yielded, willing, and full of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Lord, it's so quiet in here today. I don't know if it's because the air conditioners or the heater's not running, but this stillness is very clear to me. And I pray that in this, this stillness that we would be still and know that you are God. And that you love each of us. And you've given yourself for each of us. And you want to grow us. You want to challenge us.
comfort, convict, console, guide us. And Lord, whatever work needs to be done in our hearts, maybe it's one or two or even three of these big questions, or maybe it's some other thing that you're dealing with us directly with. Whatever it is, we pray, oh God, that you would just speak to our hearts. May this be a true time of meditation and pondering. Just be still before the Lord and pray for a minute or so, and then whenever Maddie is ready, she's going to lead us in the time of worship.